Do you take this woman to be your wife, to love her, honor her, comfort her, and lead her in sickness and in health, forsaking all other for as long as you both shall live? I do. The Greenhouse Effect is a weekly podcast hosted by youth pastor Avery Bowman. This podcast is for teens and their parents. Our goal is to encourage, support, and strengthen the home. Contrary to popular belief, one can survive in this present culture while maintaining a personal relationship with Jesus. Join us each week as we learn from God's Word. Here is your host, Avery Bowman. Hey, how are you all? I'm extremely excited to be here recording and um, I'm I'm super burdened about today's episode, and the reason for that is is that I see this way too often today in our culture and in our societies, and honestly, it happens so often that the Lord put this on my heart and as a topic that I had jotted down a few weeks ago, and I feel that it's important that we discuss it. But when somebody gets married and they're standing at the wedding altar, on that day, nobody plans on signing divorce papers at the wedding day. That would be absolutely crazy. And and at their wedding day, they have every intention of living happily ever after. However, in the Christian home, Satan has every intention of creating wedges and prying against that marriage and creating conflict at every turn. And then when kids are involved and kids come into the equation, that's when things really start getting interesting. And as more kids are added, things only get more and more complex. But this leads to something today that we're going to discuss, and it's known as family fragmentation. Fragmentation can be defined as the process or state of breaking or being broken into small or separate parts. And if you look at families all around you and you use the word scattered, you see Satan loves when the Christian home is scattered. Why would he love that? Think about when the confusion that happens in scattered homes. Satan is the author of confusion. He is the author of no absolutes. He is the author of doing whatever feels good in the moment to please our flesh. You see, again, we have to refocus and remember that this is a spiritual battle. Who is the fight really against when you're at odds with your spouse in the Christian home? Who are you really going against? I envision it like this. You and your spouse are having a heated argument in the kitchen with the kids watching on the couch And they're about to burst into tears. You're calling each other names. Now the kids get sent to their room because things are intensifying and getting extremely heated. And all the meanwhile, Satan is off in the corner licking his chops because he's loving every single second of the confusion and disarray that's setting in. He could care less about peace in your home. He could care less about the fight that translates to your son, how that fight translates to your son or daughter. 
He actually wants it to affect them for the rest of their life. And he wants you to have weekly fights and daily arguments. Here's some of the lies that Satan will tell you teenagers. It's okay for me to not be as involved with my other family members as I once was. I'm growing up. After all, I'm not a child anymore. I have all my life to live on my own. And my schedule is very full. I should be more independent. I've earned it. I don't need mom and dad to make my own decisions for me or to control how I think. I can make my own decisions. Dad and mom have their own interests and pursuits, and so should I. Mom and dad, they don't really have time for me. And what I have done that would make them, what, what have I done to make them proud of me anyways? They probably don't want to spend time with me. I'm just not really good at anything, and I am not special. I have no special abilities or talents. I don't blame them for not wanting to hang out or do things with me. And here are some of the lies that Satan will tell you parents. I have to provide for my family, their needs and expectations, or I am worse than an infidel, as the scripture says. So whatever it takes, I'll work three jobs if I have to for their provisions. Sacrifice is good. Whatever it takes, seven days a week, I'll work and make it happen. It's normal for my son or daughter to be distant at this age. Hey, he or she, are, they're growing up and becoming a man or a woman, and they need their space and some time to grow out of this phase that they're going through. His mom should, should be closer to him or her. That's normal. After all, she has more time to be with them anyways. Plus, his youth pastor is keeping tabs on him. What more could I offer him anyway? Other kids deal with broken homes. Leaving and starting over is normal these days. Everyone's doing it. Sure, it'll hurt my kids, but kids are resilient. They'll adjust. And besides, it's not like I don't love my kids. It's just that my marriage isn't working out the way that I expected it. And I deserve better. I deserve to be happy. Here's another one. My life is just too busy to spend more time with my kids. They have sports, youth groups, school, and so many good things. What more could I offer them? I'm spending my life to provide things, these things, and that should be more than enough. But I'm just telling you that all of these lies result in fragmentation in the family. And contrary to popular belief, these are flat-out lies from Satan. Look, we better understand that Satan can care less. He is a destroyer. He seeks to devour. He seeks to attack. And there is nothing cute or friendly about Satan. He will do anything and everything in his power to fight you, your marriage, and your kids. Fight the true source of the problem. Don't take out your frustrations and your anger of the day on your spouse or your kids. I want you to look at a passage of scripture with me, and we're going to get back to it later on, but I'm going to read it briefly, and we'll come back to it. But it says in Malachi chapter 4, 4 through 6, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments, 
Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Again, we'll get back to these verses in a little bit, but think about these as we have our discussion today. But there you are, parent and teenager, entering a very busy, fast-paced time of your life. And during the elementary years, things had been relatively light and manageable. Children are more dependent upon parental affection, care, and involvement during these years. And the pace of traffic has been manageable, but you've recently taken an exit and you're entering an entire new world. Suddenly, school schedules increase, sports practices are more frequent, music lessons, youth activities, church events, ministry, extracurricular activities, time with friends, homework, and endless other things begin to fill your calendar and life. And at the same time, for mom and dad, financial burdens increased. You begin to have orthodontist bills. Career demands become greater. Family needs become more expensive. Time as a married couple becomes more difficult to find. And you begin to actually start feeling your age. And in addition to this, our culture keeps upping the standard of living that we need to try to meet, to keep up with the crowd, to keep up with our peers. And it tempts us to keep looking for the extra dollar at any cost. But the truth is that life changes for both parents and teens during this critical time. And if you're not careful, the fast-paced current of this life will quickly and easily sweep you downstream in a raging torrent of activity and commitments. And before you realize it, you could be separated from those you love completely separated from those that you were once close to and distanced from those that you desperately need. I don't mean physically. You may still live in the same house and eat from the same refrigerator, but you can become strangers nonetheless. The fact that you share the same space and draw from the same resources doesn't mean you're functioning at the the same family that God intended. Yours is not the only family that has to navigate and survive this experience. Unfortunately, most families simply let it happen. Most families let the current of commitment pull them further and further apart. And all for good reasons. After all, what's wrong with sports, music lessons, homework, ministry, services, and all the other good things that come along our way? And how are we going to pay for all of the things if dad doesn't work more? And even mom too. So for the most, this separation, this fragmentation becomes a normal way of life. But it couldn't be more abnormal. And it couldn't be more dangerous. I want to insert this here. I do not believe that church or ministry involvement is harmful to the family. In fact, I believe exactly the opposite. Our families cannot know God's best if we are not actively and faithfully involved in loving, worshiping, and serving Him together in a local church. 
And I plan on speaking on this later in a future episode. But even good opportunities, when too many in number or carelessly pursued, can pull us away from best opportunities. And the families that survive are the ones that look deep into each other's eyes and choose to hold tightly onto each other, no matter what tries to pull them apart. It's a two-way commitment. Dad and mom must absolutely determine against all odds to hold out a firm hand of stability and son and daughter must determine to reach out and hold on against the pressures of mainstream society. But mom and dad and the kids must hold to each other. They must swim upstream together until safe passage is obtained. A barrage of good things will soon be squeezing every last minute of family family time away from your schedule and every last drop of nurturing energy from your life unless you determine to take action against what we will call family fragmentation. And that is one thing that I am learning. If you are not 100% intentional with your time and your schedule and your planning of your family, someone else will be 100% intentional with your time. It's It's okay to protect your family time and say no to individuals at times. Family fragmentation is the accelerating tendency of families in the 21st century to spend increasingly less time together and more time involved in other pursuits and interests. For many, family life is nothing more than a pit stop, a place to refuel and rest before heading on to more important things. Parents are pulled in a a myriad of different directions involving career pursuits, hobbies, and advanced education, while teens are pulled to their rooms, their friends, their sports teams, their schoolwork, their video games, and their music. Again, there may not be always something wrong with these things when kept in check with higher priorities, yet they become idols at worst and major distractions at best when they pull our lives out of balance with the will of God. While many of these things are necessary and even vital to our lives, society has taken pursuits to a new extreme. We are content to allow weeks and months to pass without spending quality and quantity time together as a family. Many families have chosen to roll over and play dead to the process and fragmentation we rationalize we don't want to withhold any good thing from other our kids. And so in our efforts to provide every good thing, we end up withholding the best thing, nurturing time together. It becomes easy to say yes to every good opportunity without truly evaluating the spiritual cost. The more members you have in your family, the more extreme this fragmentation can become as everyone develops separate life interests. To some degree, this process is natural and unavoidable. The portrait of many Christian families goes something like this. 
Dad often works 12 hours a day plus drive time. Mom often works too in order to help provide a certain standard of living. Kids go to school, come home to an empty house, and take care of themselves until everything, evening hours. Everybody does their own thing for dinner, and by that time, Dad and Mom are so exhausted, all they want to do is collapse in front of the TV for a couple of hours. The kids usually end up hanging out in their rooms, door closed, headphones on, and video games in hand until bedtime. Somewhere between the bathroom and the refrigerator, kids and parents cross paths, exchange a quick good night. The sum total of today's exchange, less than 10 seconds. Then we wonder why things go wrong and our kids mess things up. We thought the church and the Christian school were taking care of things. I don't know how closely this resemble your family. Hopefully not at all. But why not take a quick inventory? In the last two months, on average, how much time a week did you spend with each of your kids? Is this time filled with a brief exchange that never ventures beneath the surface? Or are they true times of nurture and heart-level connection? You might hear that question and think to yourself, man, coming up with a lot of different excuses, but why don't you spend more time together? How easily we have devalued our core relationships and sacrificed them on the altar of lesser and more self-centered pursuits. Teenager, do you spend most of your time at home locked in your room with your headphones, your video games, or your computer blocking out the rest of the world? Do you take every chance you can to get away from your family? Do you spend more time on your phone than you do with your own parents? Do you live and fantasize away much of your life in a virtual world created by today's video games? If so, you're swallowing every opportunity this world's throwing at you. Parent, have you forgotten that parenting cannot be done on autopilot? Once your kids become teenagers, are you finding yourself overcommitted to every good thing in life, but radically undercommitted to nurturing time with your children? I once heard it said, every day that passes before you make a change is a day that never, will never return. You have only a brief few years with your kids. Everything else in life can wait. And until after they leave the house, but nothing will slow their growth. You will never be able to recapture the moments that you've uh, lost to lesser causes. But what I'm describing is one of the most destructive family patterns that exists in our culture today. Nothing could be more spiritually destructive to our kids, and quite often, it's a choice between good and bad. It's a choice between good and best. Are you saying yes to all the good things in life to find that you are saying no to some of the mo- more important? Again, we get back to that verse in Malachi chapter 4, 4 through 6. It says, Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers of to the children, and the heart of the children to the fathers, 
lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. God makes it clear that in the last days, as people get further and further from him, that the product is that their hearts, parents and children, will turn away from each other. This pattern ultimately results in a curse. God must feel pretty strongly about this issue. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 2 refers to this problem also from the heart of the child when it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful. The spirit of disobedience and thankfulness that exists in the generation is evidence of an entire culture of fragmented families. Dad, mom, there is nothing more important than your kids and spending quality time with them. No amount of money is good enough when it comes to raising our future. Teenager, there is nobody that loves you more than your mom and dad. Spend time with them. Don't be too cool for them. Don't cherish a video game more than them or a TV show more than them. It won't be long and you'll wish that you had time back with them. Don't believe the lies of Satan, parents. Don't believe the lies of Satan, teenager. May God bless each of you. You're in my thoughts and prayers today. I love each and every one of you. Let's have an amazing day. In the Lord. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review. The greatest trick Satan has ever pulled is convincing the world he does not exist. We have to live in light of the reality that he walks about seeking whom he may devour. He is alive and well today. Remember to work out your salvation today. May God bless you richly as you seek to walk with him.